0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ken Rubin about hospitality hiring and how offering training can help you recruit and retain employees. Ken Rubin, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. We're going to be zooming in on the hospitality industry and focus our our discussion today specifically on hospitality hiring and how offering training can help you to recruit and retain your employees. Now, certainly... I think a lot of the principles we discussed today will be applicable you know to people in all industries who are dealing with people management issues and hiring and the recruitment retaining piece can be really challenging uh but of course you know with our focus on hospitality i think uh, hopefully that'll be really helpful for our listeners who find themselves within that industry specifically uh, as we get started i wanted to share ken's bio with everybody ken rubin the chief culinary officer Uh, is a chef, educator, and food anthropologist with 18 years of broad industry experience overseeing Ruby's cooking course curriculum development and recruitment. Recognized for his expertise in education and training, food culture research, health and wellness, and product development, Ken nevertheless considers himself a lifelong student of every aspect of food. Ken has held top-level management positions at well-respected culinary academies, including Le Cordon Bleu Schools North America, Chefs.com, the International Culinary School at the Art Institute of Portland, and the Natural Epicurean Academy. As a volunteer, he served as a board director of the International Association of Culinary Professionals and is currently a trustee and chair of the Culinary Trust, IACP's uh, philanthropic partner. Ken is also a chair of the James Beard Foundation's Broadcast Media Awards Committee. Ken studied the anthropology of food and developed ethnographic research methods to understand how people learn to cook He received his BA from Colorado College and an MA in Anthropology from the University of Texas at Austin. What a fascinating background you have. Uh, (laughs) I I, I must say, very unique, uh, very different than most people I interview on this podcast. So it's it's just really interesting. Um, Thank you for joining me today. Before we launch into the conversation, anything uh, that you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me. And I think that my background is really reflective of my passion for food and cooking, but really my passion for people and for culture and for helping people thrive and for, you know, helping those individuals reach their full uh, potential and having that potential really affect their communities and their families in a larger sense. Um, and that's so much of what I'm really interested in doing Personally, but also through what we do at Ruby, is connecting those those dots is really um, leveraging a platform so that the end result is you know our people who have better skills, a better life, uh, things to look forward to, and a different relationship with the food. Ultimately,
0: that's wonderful. I appreciate that background, and yeah, I I, th- I agree. I mean, the the whole purpose of what I do uh is around helping individuals maximize their potential. And I think uh, for organizational leaders, um that starts, you know, that's that starts from the very beginning when you're recruiting a pool of applicants, going through the process, hiring people, going through the training and development phase, performance management, like. End to end experience of any interaction that an individual has with the company. You know, my hope is that we can create processes, practices, procedures, culture that supports empowerment and helps people to become their best self. And so, I love that that's you know the focus of of what you do and uh, your team at Ruby in trying to to do that within this hospice the hospitality space. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more uh, specifically about what you're doing at Ruby uh, in terms of the curriculum. So
1: Ruby's um, 100% online. We're a 15 year old online company that really was built for today's age, right? When we came into the pandemic world and we came into this new realization around distance learning and really all the things that impacted the culinary hospitality industry, you know, we felt very fortunate that we had built this, this tool that, you know, was, was very, very effective at, at training people keeping people engaged on the job or providing skills for people who might need to get reskilled or upskilled, uh, who might be looking to get into that, that new industry as it begins to kind of fall out a little bit. Um, so when we were developing Ruby, we were really thinking about how does this redefine and sort of um, democratize access to instruction and to training that you know in some ways was held you know, very, very close to those top level, you know, uh, different cooking schools, those culinary institutes that would charge, you know, a fair amount of money, uh, a lot of time and require a certain model of education. We, we took that and said, wow, what if, what if we could find ways to work directly with individuals, with employers, with organizations, and kind of level the playing field in terms of access knowing that in today's environment it's just not feasible for many people to take the time or spend the money um, to get go into debt (laughs) um, to to get that first job and to get that skill so they can find it um, advancement within that field so we're really focused on creating those tools so that those individuals whether again they're kind of on their own deciding to get in and taking one of our courses or they're coming in through like a employer or partner program, that they really um, step in and find relevant information and things that are measurable, things that are actually like objective-based, not just so that they feel good, but also so that the organizational structure can have confidence that the process is working. So a lot of what we we do is we say, well, our programs, our curricula are very, very, structured from like a learning theory perspective. We wanna do very good baselining assessments, self-assessments, pre-assessments, understanding where people are. That helps us then determine specifically what they might need more or less training on. And then the proof is in the pudding at the end. We wanna be able to show and demonstrate uh, a true delta between what they knew beforehand and what they know after via our training, whether it's a knowledge-based type activity or a competency-based type activity.
0: Uh, Well, I love that. I love, I love the thoroughness too of your description as a, you know, I, I I do this, this podcast consulting work and and such and training and development within the corporate sphere. So you're speaking my language. I'm also a professor. um, And so I I teach at the university and I, I'm very uh, attuned to good curricular design and how to make sure that you you're, you're doing it in an impactful way and everything you're describing is exactly what I would hope to see in in a system in a training program, um, so I applaud you on that that's wonderful um, so let's let's talk a little bit more about uh, some of the specific things you do then in integrating this these training modules and the components the assessments um, pre post assessments and everything that you do um, through not just, you know, someone's hired, they're in the organization now, you train them, right? I, everyone knows that, everyone does that. How do you integrate it into the recruitment part of the process and as you're going through the hiring? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. So we, we work um, internationally with lots of different types of organizations, everyone from very large hotel companies, uh, cruise line companies, uh, contract food service, um, supermarket retail. We work in a variety of different contexts. And we generally hear the same thing from nearly everyone, which is they're really looking to establish a new pipeline of talent. They're not just looking for entry and mid-level people, but they're looking for tools to retain and advance existing talent and really open up what it even looks like to have uh, talented people come into their organization. I think it used to be uh, especially in the days when culinary schools were booming, and that was a big business on its own, that there was a kind of a, a pool of people out there waiting who had some baseline uh, skill set. Uh, that that doesn't exist any longer. So you know, part of our our positioning is to really create that mechanism that people can have some confidence. So you know, what we do very specifically is when we work with a partner, we're really trying to understand what is it you're trying to do first and foremost in your organization? Are you trying to uh, provide some level of certification so that existing people can get certified and get a pay raise? Are you trying to find a way in because you need to get 30 new cooks at hundred new properties, you know, on, in, in the next six weeks, like what is, what is the goal? So our partners will employ a variety of strategies. Some will actually really promote Ruby itself and use Ruby by name even in many cases as the in-house training program that they use as a way to attract people. And some people might say, well, what is that? And they go online, they see us and they see a price tag, and then they know that their employer is gonna be covering that cost for them. And that's that's impactful because even though we're very low cost, there's still a cost. And if your employer can pay even better, it also is a, if you fulfill the requirements of that program, you, know, you receive a certificate either from the American Culinary Federation or through World Chefs, which is completely transferable. It's kind of currency that you can have in your career as you move around. It's not something that is held by your uh, employer. So you're getting true value from a program that has external validation. Um, in the case of those employers, they know that if they put on their, their write-up in, in the newspaper or online, that part of what they're offering is a training program They're going to actually attract different types of candidates, people who raise their hand who say, oh, wow, you know, I don't know a lot about this, but I actually would like to work for a company that cares about training me and is willing to put me through a training that's more comprehensive than just a, you know, one day crash course or a five hour (laughs) go shadow me on the line or whatever it might be. So what we're getting is the feedback that employers are actually attracting different, more motivated candidates, maybe not candidates who have a whole lot of experience but candidates who wish to learn. (laughs) And that's actually a much better indicator for many people in terms of what success looks like versus finding someone who might have experience, but maybe even bring some old bad habits with them.
0: I'm excited to announce Will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a really important yep. point. And, you know, w- we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I, I do want to pick your brain about that because I know the pandemic has hit hospitality industry super, super hard, uh, one, one of the hardest hit industries, um, but set that aside for a moment, pre-pandemic, um, hospitality was was struggling to find good people. I, I, you know, maybe not as much as like STEM or, you know, there's certain industries that we, we just have like a huge shortage. Maybe it wasn't that bad in hospitality, but it, it, it's been a challenge, right, to get good people. And so creating systems where you can bring interested, willing people in and then reskill and upskill them so they're ready to perform the work. I, I think that's the world we live in and this whole pandemic situation, we'll get past it and we'll get back, you know, to a thriving hospitality industry and, and then organizations are going to be fighting for talent again and it's going to be really difficult. What, what's what been, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's fascinating. We're seeing um, with the pandemic, definitely some continuity of the same sorts of issues that are, I think, um, systematic within hospitality that need to be resolved around, labor pools and labor shortage and what it costs to have qualified you know, talent um, on the team, and you know various other things that I think are going to be fairly persistent until we address larger issues within, within the hospitality industry. Um, but I think certainly the pandemic has shown everyone that the industry is very fluid, that people go in and out, and that the types of people that are now going back into a hospitality industry, are not the same people who used to be attracted before. Um, These are people who are going into it as a point of passion, seeing true opportunity with all the bad things that have happened in hospitality. And they're coming in from a different angle. They're not coming in from an old model of, oh, I want to prop up a brick and mortar restaurant that looks just like an old brick and mortar. They're looking at the last year and a half, looking at it and going, wow, I think I can do this better than what I'm seeing. I think I can figure out some of the pieces so I can have a a food cart that's also a ghost kitchen, or I can have a a small business that does three different things versus trying to do the one thing. Or I can have a restaurant, but I know I'm going into it. I'm going to have eight menu items, not 18 menu items. Uh, And my labor is going to look like this. And I'm going to set up my kitchen so that I can really ensure that my labor always looks like this so i think it's attracting a whole new breed of kind of you know young culinary professional who sees an opening sees an opportunity a lower barrier to entry for many of those people they're not they're not looking for big dollars or big bucks for investment it's very much a bootstrap type approach and that's and that's great we're helping a lot of those people on the enterprise side i think you know big business and we work a lot with those very large companies where we have, in some cases, thousands of learners in the system, they're really retooling. They've been in a, a, a no-spend low growth or, or falling you know, uh, declines in the last year, depending on, the, on on the segment, and they're really looking at how do we rethink this entire thing? How do we take a kitchen that used to require 45 or 50 people to operate and do it with 30 and still keep the same hours at elevated sanitation and safety standards. That that becomes the real challenge. So from an internal operations and training point of view, they're really just looking for tools that plug into that, that don't detract from that because they have so many immediate things they have to deal with right in front of them. And of course they need trained people, but they also need people to feel safe and to feel like customers are being welcomed and all those other sorts of things. So it's a
0: it's a real yeah. balancing act. Yeah, yeah, it it, it definitely is. Um, and j- just a little bit to my background, I, I think listeners know, and I, I even mentioned to you, you know, I'm a professor. I, I teach at the university. I'm department chair in my department. Um, one of the programs in my department is hospitality management, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we, you know, your your everything you're saying uh, speaks to. Um, the same types of issues that we're trying to face. You know, we're, it's a different, you know, situation We're a brick and mortar university, we do have an online program, um, but we see the same things you're talking about. I, I think it's a huge, uh, all, of, all of these issues are big, challenging issues organizations are trying to face, trying to figure out how to navigate. And, and ultimately, we need, we just need way more high quality um, training and assessment tools out there. That are flexible that allow uh, industry leaders to leverage uh, and individuals interested in the space to get to to get into it. Uh, and and you you bring up a really really important point, um, you know about people who may have interest in in culinary who don't want to go work for a traditional restaurant. Um, you know. The, the gig economy has been on the rise for a long time and and now it seems like the time is ripe more than it's ever been for people to to spin up their own little operation and the barriers to entry are probably not that high.
1: and it's it's also something that they can build themselves and they can walk away from potentially without having a huge loss uh, which is also important. So the idea of having a catering company or something small to get started versus going all in is also, really, really um, kind of interesting to me. An- another piece I'll just reference around culinary hospitality is that one of the things I really embrace as an educator is the idea that um, you know, these people who come into our programs come in with all kinds of experiences and a background and existing knowledge and skills that should never be discounted. Those are all things that bolster and support that individual's ability to be successful. So one of the things we try to do within our programs and with our partners is really create that um, understanding that you know there's no such thing as like uh, you know A to Z go on the path and learn the skills in a sequence in culinary. Some people drop in with exceptional skills in one area and no skills in some uh, you know other area, and it's not always necessarily logical. So um, an example I'll give is like we typically hold up things like butchery or seafood fabrication as being very advanced skills for a cook. But there's a lot of people who grew up hunting and fishing, <laughs> Well, that's a very good skill for them that they know forward and backward, but they've never poached an egg. They've never made a pancake and they've never done things that we think are really basic, right? But that person has a place in culinary. That, place, that person has a potential role to play in terms of being an expert even though they didn't follow a traditional linear path where they learn knife skills by cutting vegetables. Like they've been learning knife skills their whole life, just in a a different context. So I like to take those people and really figure out what is it that you're good at? What are the things you're good at doing? Tasting, organizing, managing, um, scheduling, directing, timing. There's all these other skills that fit into what it takes to be a good culinarian, that are not just, you know, can you identify these knife cuts or can you make this sauce and those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, Well, good. Ken, it has just been a real pleasure getting to know you and honest, from a selfish standpoint, uh, you know, I, I think we should get together offline and and talk more about the education space <laughs> around hospitality because yep. that, sure. that would just be really fascinating. But I appreciate all the insights you provided today. Um, and uh, I want to be respectful of your time. So before we close, before I let you get on with your busy day, I wanted to make sure I gave you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about Ruby's and what, um, and what you're doing and if it might be a good fit for, for them. And then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah. So wonderful. I really appreciate you having me. Um, if you want to learn more about Ruby, you can just check us out online. It's R O U X B E.com. Um, for people who are looking for professional training, either from an individual perspective or from a group perspective, there's lots of different, uh, resources that you can check out there. We're very transparent in terms of what our programs entail in terms of a syllabus and those sorts of things. So we're always really excited to, to meet people and find out how we can support their business or support their, their own professional goals. Um, other than that, I just have to say, you know, despite all the challenges that the hospitality industry has seen um, in the last year and will continue to see this year, I'm incredibly hopeful because of the resilience and passion of the people who work in that space. Um, I've been in the industry long enough to know that uh, these are hardworking people who care about service, who care about quality and product, and about having these vibrant um, businesses serving their, their, their communities. So um, I'm not counting anyone out. I think it's just a matter of kind of refiguring and reformulating what it looks like for them.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Ken. It has just really been a pleasure talking with you today. I encourage listeners to reach out to get connected, find out more about Ken and his work, what rubies can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.